Solidarity on the Bench. I am your host, Katie, and I am excited, nervous to film this podcast. Truth be told, it has been a very long time since I've sat down and filmed a podcast, so I just wanted to give you guys some official updates as to what this podcast is going to look like and what you can expect in the next couple of months. Unfortunately, I will be pausing the podcast until September, most likely, when I move and just have that all sorted. Because honestly, between juggling like my day-to-day life in my summer and moving and getting everything sorted in that sense, like getting my visa, my housing, my roommates... And then my new travels with my family, I'm just going to be gone and it's not really going to be feasible for me to find the time to sit down and record a podcast. And then also just on a personal note, like I have never wanted to come on and use this podcast and like need to pump out podcast episodes because I have a deadline or I have something to do. I always want to use every single episode to speak to my younger self. Like that is the core of who I believe my audience is, is a lot of people who were just like me and who were struggling in the same ways that I do. And I never want you guys to sit down and I don't want to feel like I'm wasting your time. And I feel like I just don't really have much to say in the summer. I think that definitely my mental growth and a lot of the growth that does happen in the summer is all mental and it is slower. I'm just not hanging out with as many people and I'm not really challenging as many beliefs as I kind of do when I'm in the school year. And so since I have one last school year, you guys are going to hear all the ins and outs of me moving to a new country, starting my master's program, making friends in a new city, all of those things when I moved to London. But unfortunately, because you know of the logistical aspect of I can't really record a podcast, I also just don't feel inspired enough to talk. I don't feel like I have and anything to say that is really worth hearing at the moment. I am going to be stopping the podcast for the summer and I think that that's just going to be the best for my own mental health and for you guys as well. Just I don't want to burn you guys out and just keep pumping out podcasts because that's what I feel like I have to do. So the podcast will be stopped for the summer. This episode and last episode are the only summer episodes that it will exist and we will come back for season two in London and I'm really excited. I'm hoping to definitely have that running from September all the way into the spring and then definitely reevaluate in the spring semester. As I'm preparing to move to London in the fall, I'm collecting super cute stationery before the back to school rush. So I actually got my academic year planner from Pappy this year and I'm in love with all the fun designs. I've added a link in the podcast description so that you too can check out their new designs and pick out the perfect planner for you. I got you guys a discount code because I have to get you the hookup so use code KDU15 for 15% off your purchase. That's code K-A-T-I-E-E-U-1-5 for 15% off your purchase and check the link down below to be taken directly to their website. Now back to the podcast and see how that goes. But I will definitely update you guys as that happens. But I just wanted to throw that out there and let everyone know what is happening to the podcast. I am so sorry for the radio silence. I just think that I can do it all sometimes. And I think I'm realizing that I need a lot more help than I want to ask for. 
And so for today's episode, I'm actually going to go back to an Instagram story that I posted a couple of days ago where I said I was doing a lot of journaling and self-reflecting and talking to friends as I sit in this transitional period of my life. And I've been sitting in a lot of personal emotional discomfort and forcing myself to challenge a lot of old limiting beliefs. And I asked you guys, for some of the beliefs that you guys are challenging but I think it is unfair for me to put you guys on blast even if it's anonymous without talking about what I'm going through and putting myself in that vulnerable place that you guys have so graciously and so lovingly given to me on my Instagram stories and so I just wanted to address some of the things that I've been working through the limiting beliefs and so number one definitely is that I don't have it all figured out as much as I want to, I find it like very hard to delegate responsibility because I believe that I can do things better and faster than other people and it takes uh, really a lot for me to give up control and that's something I'm definitely working on in terms of leadership skills is I know that delegation is a huge part of good leadership and having faith and trust in the people that you're working with to get the things done and maybe it's not you know the exact way that you would do it but I don't ever want to be a micromanager or uh, that type of leader and so that's definitely something I've been working on is to ask for help to delegate my responsibilities Um, Something else I'm working on is definitely the communication aspect. I know that it has been (laughs) very difficult because, as I said in my previous episode, I just want to be where my feet are. I want to be present in this moment and it's really hard because obviously I'm not with my friends in college. I don't really hang out with people when I'm at home. I'm very much in my routine and my schedule. And so it's been really hard in terms of communication to communicate my needs and communicate my feelings and also personally validate them without needing someone else to validate their existence as well. And so I actually was in kind of not a fight or an argument, but maybe more of a miscommunication or misunderstanding with someone that I'm really close to. And what I was proud of and what I was reflecting on in that moment was instead of jumping to all sorts of conclusions and overthinking, you know, if they didn't respond in a certain period of time, what that means, how they feel about me, what, you know, sentences are running in their head, I just approached them and I validated my feelings and I said, you know what, regardless of how they approach this conversation, regardless of what they say back to me, I know that I'm really hurt by the situation. I'm really annoyed and I would really appreciate an answer. And, you know, they don't have to say sorry. They don't have to say anything. It is okay for me just to know that that hurt exists without them having to validate it. So that was really hard for me is just to validate my own emotions. And it's something I talk about a lot, but I think there's a part of me that definitely needs that validation from others, whether that be my friends of being like, yeah, if I was in that same situation, I would feel the same way. Or from that person themselves being like, I see where you're coming from. I hear where you're coming from and it's valid and I'm sorry. And to really be validated in that sense was something that I always yearn for and I realized that while I'm very I'm very much surrounded by very emotionally intelligent people and I am so lucky that they have the language and the ability and the capacity to talk to me in the way that I need to hear it 
sometimes that's not the case. And so it is okay that regardless of if, if no one validates my feelings, not my friends, not the person that the situation is in, whatever, I can still know in my heart that I am hurt and that is okay. And that is how I'm feeling. And that's okay. And you know, like anyone in my situation would feel that way. And just because I think that it's a silly situation or I shouldn't feel as hurt as I am doesn't diminish the fact that I am hurt. And so something I've been doing a lot is just learning to validate my own emotions. And then same situation, learning to communicate that in a healthy way, in a respectful way, and in a way that doesn't, you know, put the other person on the defense. And so what I was working through was really the wording of this conversation of being like, hey, I haven't really heard from you in the past month. That doesn't make me feel very good. I am really hurt by it. I feel disrespected. It doesn't feel great. As I said before, like I would really appreciate an answer. This is what I need moving forward. I just need you to know that this is unacceptable. And to approach that and not apologize for my feelings and not be like I'm so sorry I know that you're busy or like I can completely understand why you haven't been talking to me like none of that needed to happen for my feelings to be communicated effectively and so that's the conversation that I was kind of in in the past I don't know uh, two two or so weeks um that was just something that I was dealing with was just how do I communicate effectively and then also how do I not shut down and how do I not spiral and insert my own stories into the situation because I have no idea what they're thinking they have no idea what I'm thinking the only way that we can be on the same page is if we both candidly and transparently communicate how we're thinking and like like what we're thinking to each other and we did that on a phone call and I really hate phone calls but I appreciated that I was able to lay everything out on the table and be like I don't enjoy when you do this and I would really appreciate if you did this instead and it wasn't a finger pointing I didn't want to make someone feel bad and they told me like they were like you know it never feels good when someone says that they don't like something that you've done or something that you haven't done but there was no disrespect, there was no hard feelings, and I think that if I was in this situation a year ago, I would have jumped to the conclusion of been like, I'm gonna cut them off, like, I am pissed off, this is, like, my last straw, but what I'm proud of myself for was that I did not act rashly, and I was able to communicate my feelings in a way that was both heard and understood by the other party, but then also respected and reciprocated, and I really appreciated that, was, like, not only was I able to effectively communicate how I was feeling, but the other person was also able to acknowledge and validate my emotions the way that I needed them to be acknowledged and validated. So overall, it was an extremely healthy conversation. It left me feeling very heard, very seen, very valued, and definitely the person has stepped up their actions. And when I said like, you know, I would appreciate this X thing moving forward, that was heard and that was received and the actions that they're portraying is exactly what I've asked them to do which I really appreciate because it's like one thing to say oh I hear you and another thing to actually act upon the suggestion that you've been given and so I think that laying it out on the table being completely candid with how I was feeling and not apologizing for how I was feeling led the person to be a little bit more 
you know, able to reciprocate that and to have a conversation and not be put on the defensive because I was using a lot of I statements. I was saying stuff along the lines of the story I was telling myself is I was saying like this is triggering a lot of things that are outside of the relationship of you and me and outside of the situation. But I need you to know that this is a place where I'm coming from. Like these are my circumstances right now and that is definitely contributing to how I'm feeling. And so potentially I may be acting sorry, someone just texted me. I was potentially I may be acting more rash or saying more things than I normally would say, but I do need you to know that even if this is my headspace, even if these are my circumstances, that what you did was unacceptable and that I am hurt. And I said that and I didn't apologize for it and I didn't try to people please. And I knew that by saying that, regardless of what they said, I would be proud of myself, that I was able to say that and stick firm and not want to explain how I was feeling. And it was so freeing, honestly. It was just, it felt incredible to be like, you hurt me. And the other person be like, you know, I hear you and I apologize and it is my fault and I see how you feel that way and I appreciate you for bringing that up to me and I appreciate you for doing that and I think that's something that I'm just really grateful for and like even reflecting on it while talking on this podcast, it makes me very appreciative of the people that I have chosen to surround myself with and the level of intelligence and conversations that we're able to have like it really does skyrocket my own growth and so that is a lot of things um, that I have been dealing with and a lot of limiting beliefs that I have been working through personally that I haven't necessarily made public and so with all of that I did post and I was kind of telling you guys I was having rough mental health days and I definitely definitely was like I was just not necessarily feeling my best And now I'm out on the other side. I was able to communicate how I was feeling and it feels incredible. And so with that, as always, like with the topic of solidarity on the bench, I think that the past, this episode and last episode, something I've, sorry, something I've been thinking about is just going back to the roots of what the name means and, and, whether that be have more guests on the podcast so I can have these conversations with or to talk to you and have your input or have like your advice on the podcast, whatever that looks like. I just kind of want more than just me sitting here saying things because while I know that I have things that are valuable and worth hearing to say, I don't ever want to position myself in this place where I think that I know it all and I think there's so much to learn by listening to other people and engaging in conversations with other people and so that's definitely what I want to do more but because I am by myself and I have not planned to be talking to someone about this what I do want to do and what I keep mentioning is that I posted a question box on my story and I asked you guys what limiting beliefs you were working through And I'm just going to read some of them. A lot of them are very similar. And I'm hoping that with sharing these anonymously, of course, that we all feel this solidarity on the bench. Because what I've realized is that the human experience is really not unique. The first limiting belief that someone is really working on right now is having insecurity on dating apps. And I think that this one is definitely something that a lot of other people are talking about as well, is feeling hard to love, needing love to validate your worth, 
a lot of people are struggling and working on limiting beliefs around relationships and around love. And then another common theme that I always see is the feeling of not being good enough, the fear of uncertainty, and feeling like you need to have all of the answers. Someone says that they're struggling with the fact that they haven't made progress or felt like they haven't made progress. A lot of people are struggling with figuring out a passion um, and especially how a passion relates to a job. People are saying a stressful, good-paying job does not equal a successful life, which I completely agree with. Trying to balance trying to balance studies with my hobbies equally that I can't do well in my upcoming exams I can I just need to get past that belief I absolutely love that they were just challenging their limiting beliefs in the question box which is awesome another big category that a lot of people submitted um, limiting beliefs on is this idea of listening to their bodies adding not restricting and having trouble feeling settled in their physical structure, which I definitely know and can relate to. A lot of people are talking about that they are not good enough, that they're not pushing themselves enough, that they are worried about failure and regret. And something that I talk about a lot on this podcast and in my Instagram is this idea of building friends and making a community. And someone actually said, that I need friends to be happy and that my friends and family don't love me as much. And so there is a lot of of insecurity around accepting love and believing that we're worthy and good enough for love. People say their limiting belief is that their growth is limited or that they're not good enough, they don't deserve to be heard, or that a healed mindset excludes setbacks. That one specifically hits me to my core. I think that when I'm getting down on myself, especially, especially hard, it's because I'm having a setback that I did not expect or I'm triggered by something that I didn't think that I would be triggered by because I quote unquote fixed it. And I'm realizing that recovery is not linear. And I know a lot of people say that, but in the sense that I am going to be triggered and re-triggered by things and that is okay and I'm going to have to work through it every time I get to a trigger again and, and that's okay and what I really appreciated that one of my therapists told me was she said that you can never go backwards in recovery because even though you may feel like you're at square one again, you have a lot more knowledge, education, life experiences, and ways to deal with your triggers and how you're feeling that you didn't have on square one. And so maybe the feeling is the same. Maybe you're inter- intersecting on the same feeling, but you can't go back because you are different like you are changed and I love that like I actually for my treatment we had to make a timeline or not like make a timeline but we had to share a timeline and it was kind of like the process of like why are you in inpatient treatment and I found it to be an incredible exercise obviously it's just it's so incredible to hear other people's stories however gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching it is But for me, what I loved about my inpatient treatment was how much time I spent making art and using art, like physical art, as an expression of my inner self. And for my timeline, I actually made it look like a game. And I had each piece, like, it was kind of like those Candyland games almost. You know, it was not like Monopoly, 
I guess it was kind of like Monopoly, um, where you're just kind of like moving in one path and the path would twist and turn and there were some times where you would have to make choices and whatever choice would lead to a different decision and I used that idea to showcase like the different colleges that I was thinking of because this was around the time when I had gotten into college and you know I was out of my freshman year of college and so I said like oh I was thinking about this big school and if I had gone down this path it would have been a university uh, like a sorority and I would have gone to this type of school and I maybe would have had these experiences and I had three different paths but I showed the, the path that I chose and I ended it with things that I knew to be true. And what I loved about that was like there were so many moments in my life where I felt like I was going backwards and I felt the same as I did when I was very young. And I always compare this to when I was feeling um, when what I was feeling when I was 11 because that is kind of the pinpoint like that is the time that I always say that my depression and anxiety and like mental health issues started and so I could be feeling the same amount of hurt and the same amount of depression and sadness and crippling anxiety that I was that I felt when I was 11 and that can be true but right now or where I was at that time like I was 20 and I was not back in my 11 year old body I was in a 20 year old body and yes I was feeling all of the same things but I had gone through nine years and I had learned a lot about myself and I had different triggers and I have a lot of different things under my belt, good and bad, that just made it impossible for me to go and regress to when I was 11 years old. And that is something that my therapist really did teach me about when I, right before I went into inpatient treatment, was this idea that you can never go back to square one. It is literally impossible. And it is something that I absolutely love. And I love the game aspect of it. As you guys know, like if you read my newsletters, I love the idea of gamification. I just love a a good game to make me and motivate me to do anything. That's my behavioral economics talking. So the game, the whatever you need to visualize, just know that when people say recovery is not linear, it does not mean that you're not going to feel the same way and you're not going to have those intersecting feelings, you know, like at square one and square 15. But the difference is that even though you may be landing on the same feelings and you're like playing this game, let's go with the game analogy, you may be landing on the same spaces, you have also lived years between them, months between them, days between them. Like you have knowledge that you didn't have when you first crossed that thing. Maybe you have more money and resources. I don't know, I'm thinking about Monopoly. Like you are just a different person and you could be feeling all the same things, but you cannot regress. And I love that. Sorry, that was a complete tangent going off someone's limiting belief. Okay, (laughs) let's keep going. A limiting belief that they're working on is that they have to stick to a rigorous and rigid routine every day. Absolutely, you don't have to do that. Someone says that I don't deserve to be heard. You definitely deserve to be heard, but I can understand like where all of that insecurity comes in where you don't think that what you have to say is valuable. I'm here to tell you that everything that someone says is valuable. And someone says, and this is so topical because I'm feeling the same way, is that I'm capable of working on the degree that I graduated with. And so like for me, I graduate economics and sociology. Do I feel qualified to work in the economics field? absolutely not like I feel like I'm miles behind my peers but I am qualified because I worked for that degree and I got it someone said 
that a limiting belief that they're dealing with and this one is very powerful and so I did want to talk about it for a little bit is staying in toxic platonic relationships because they're safe and comfortable. Listen, I know exactly what you're talking about. I tend to always gaslight myself into thinking that things are okay because I'm okay in this moment even though like the moment before I was definitely not okay so I can definitely relate to that and I know that unfortunately a lot of other people can relate to that feeling as well. There's a lot of people submitting responses about feeling lost, about feeling like going back to the passion that they don't have a passion or they don't have dreams or specifically that they don't have anyone in their life and as someone who spends a lot of time alone I definitely can relate to the feeling of that there's no one to talk to. I hear you in being alone either platonically or romantically it just it never feels good and as humans we love community we want to connect to each other and so I think that that just digs a lot deeper into our biology or whatever I don't know I'm not a science person <laughs> and I'm gonna read one last one I, I can't choose one. I am now just reading them by myself and feeling the pain that the people are in when they write this because I have been through almost every single one that you guys are, are writing in, you know, like I'll never be like, I'll never feel like myself again, struggling with body weight, my image, a toxic relationship. You don't have to go to an Ivy League to be a successful human being. Just be nice. I love that uncertainty of my own capabilities I feel like I'm making the same mistakes again no one cares about me no one's shown me it's okay not to peak in high school because life is long listen it is okay not to peak in high school I have been hanging out with some people from high school and this is like keep in mind four years out right and we're laughing and we're talking and we're like did we peak in high school like if that was our peak that is sad and embarrassing and four years out high school, you know, when we were in it, high school felt like our whole lives. And it was like, it was all about the social aspect. It was all about the drama. Who's on who? Who's on what sports team? Who's hooking up with who? What are the popularity circles in it? Who got invited to this party? Oh my God, four years out, we're sitting there and we're laughing and we're like, we were so delusional. We thought that this was our whole life. And it is okay. Like I was in that place where it was my whole life and if you are in high school and you feel that way that's okay like I was there too I don't want to shame you I don't want to laugh at you because I felt the exact same way but I can say with confidence that after graduating college I can look back and laugh at my former self for thinking that that was the best it was gonna get and all of that and I think that society has put so many unrealistic standards on us and that's a lot of what I was reading in those in those texts was like I am unlearning what society taught me I'm unlearning what they taught me about the prestige of the school that I'm going to or my body and how I should feel about it or that I need to be happy and in a relationship or that I'm unlovable because I don't have a good group of friends that I'm always surrounded by and I think that Hollywood, life, society, whatever you want to blame it on, the world, the people around us, social media, the media in general, I don't know, this is my liberal arts coming out, like it just pushes this ideal image onto us and what we realized 
in the past couple of years is that that image is fueled by capitalism. They want you to feel like you are not good enough in whatever way it is. If it's that you don't have any friends, there are rent-a-friend services, you know, there are Instagram models that you can take photos with to make it look like your life is incredible. There are, you know, fake scenarios that you can put yourself into that you can purchase and they want you to feel like you're not worth it so that you buy a course or that you buy an experience to make these friends. Or if it's that you're insecure about your body, your body's never good enough, you have to be skinnier, you have to do this, buy this gym routine, buy this supplement, buy this cream, it's going to change your life. Society and life in general just preys on us and makes us feel like we are not good enough. And no matter how hard we work, we're never going to be good enough in the eyes of society because society capitalism's goal is to sell you something. And if you are happy, you are not a consumer. You're not going to be buying. And so I think once I learned that, I mean, I know I sound a little bit crazy. I sound like, oh my God, life is a matrix and all of that stuff. But I think there is definitely some merit in this side of spirituality and this side of like, quote unquote, the awakening, where I realized that they're just trying to make us feel bad so that they can sell us stuff. Maybe this is my, maybe this is my behavioral economics brain coming in, but the reason why I'm so interested in behavioral economics and in marketing in general and like in human behavior is if I can figure out how they think I will think, like if I, if they can distill me into an algorithm and I can figure out how they made that algorithm, then I won't fall for their cheap tricks. And that is actually how I got into behavioral economics was I was like reading about how they position things in the cereal aisle or the food aisle and like they put the more expensive things and the things that like people pay more to look at at eye level because you're not going to really reach up or bend down. And so there are things that are you know, just as valuable, just as good for cheaper on the bottom shelf, on the top shelf, but you're not going to look for it. You know, like the coveted aisle is the end of the aisle display where they put chips and they have the candy bar section at the checkout. Like I was like, I want to know how they are trying to rule my life so that I can make a conscious decision to not be a part of that. And I think what what is really funny is every time I do give in to it, I tell the people around me, it's just mainly my parents, I'm like, I know exactly how they're making me want to buy this and I'm going to do it anyway. Because if I'm going to be consumer and I'm going to play in their game, at least I'm going to be conscious about how they have made me do this. And they're not going to trick me because I just want to do it regardless of the, of the things that they're trying to do. So ultimately, I think that there is really no takeaway. I just want to sit in solidarity and in this uncomfortable space with you guys because I have been through a lot of the very same things that a lot of people are struggling with. I have felt like I'm not good enough because of the school that I go to. I've always kind of been made fun of going to the school that I went to because it's a woman's college or the acceptance rate is high or it doesn't have the name brand that a lot of people have. You know, it's not Stanford or Harvard or UCLA or UC Berkeley. A lot of people don't know it and that made me feel like crap for a really long time or like I was told that I was too skinny and that I was unattractive and bony and so it made me want to do drastic things to my body to change it in the eyes of society and so I have definitely been fed these lies, these limiting beliefs and I've had to sit 
and deal with them. And it is not fun. And it is not fun to look into the deepest parts of yourself and not like what you see. But I can tell you with confidence that what I'm really proud of, and this is going to make me emotional, is that I was sitting here and I was journaling and I was reading where I was when I went into inpatient treatment and the things that I was dealing with. And I am so grateful that for what it's worth that I just kept fighting day by day and that I didn't let me take any crap from me. Like I was challenging so many of my limiting beliefs. I told myself that I was worth it. I told myself that I was smart enough, that I was capable enough. And most of the time, I don't believe it. Like, let's be real. I don't think that there really is anyone who thinks that they are the greatest in the universe and that they deserve everything. And they think that 100% of the time. But there is a lot of merit in if you say it enough times and the people around you say it enough times, maybe you're going to get crazy enough and start believing them. So I just needed the people around me to believe in me and the people in my life to know that I am capable for me to finally believe the same thing about me. And I just want to sit on this bench and <laughs> and have solidarity with you guys because all of the things that everyone is dealing with are things that I am dealing with or have dealt with or probably will deal with in the future. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm so sorry. It was kind of a bit of a ramble. I have no idea how long it is and I am kind of sick of hearing my own voice. So I want to wrap this up very quickly, but I love you guys so much. I am always so in awe and so in like, I just can't believe that this is my life, that I can post something and ask for you guys to be vulnerable and you guys actually do it and have such incredible, amazing answers that you are willing to share with both me and this community. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and for creating a community in a space that I would have loved to be a part of when I was younger. I think that's like the whole thing. That's the reason why I do what I do. It's like I'm doing it for my younger self. I wish that I had someone to sit here and do the things that I'm doing. So I think that's really cool. And I'm just kind of having like this crazy, oh my God, life is really good right now. And I'm really appreciative of everyone here who is listening. And I will see you guys in September if you are just listeners of the podcast, but if you are not or you enjoy kind of like hearing what I have to say or you want to follow me along in my journey of life at this point, I, I'm i just trying to be the best version of myself. I have an Instagram, it is katie.eu, and I have a newsletter called the 111 newsletter which comes out every Tuesday. And the newsletter will be continuing for the foreseeable future every Tuesday without a doubt, except for maybe some weeks where I'm feeling a little bit tired and the newsletter gets put on hold. But <laughs> the newsletter is not going anywhere. It's just the podcast that's taking a break. So if you do want to hear more of my advice, you can always submit a question in my question box. I will obviously leave all of the links down below. And without further ado... I guess this is my sign off because as you can tell, I have a lot of spit in my mouth and I'm breathing heavy like it is the end of a podcast, but I love you guys so much and I cannot wait to talk to you guys in September. Have a good summer and I will see you guys so, so soon. Bye.